All right, we back. Another day. Today, uh, today's gonna be an NBA day though. So, hope you're hope you're wanting that. If not, sorry, NBA day. Uh, I've missed a lot on. It. I need to cover more. Um, today, I'm going over NBA trade dead trade deadline and uh, how the teams are now uh, with uh, with the moves after the fact. If they were winners, if they're losers, if I like the move, if I don't like the move. So. I'm just going to get into it. Uh, first one I'm going to talk about, Miami Heat finalized a deal to acquire Victor Oladipo, former All-Star, from Houston. Uh, yes, absolute yes. He was wasting away in Houston. Uh, Houston's another one of those teams like the Lakers a couple years ago where they have a lot of young talent, and that's about it. Like John Wall having a tough time in Houston, would love to see him get a contract buyout sign a tiny little contract like lamarcus aldridge has like blake griffin has because he is wasting away in houston and i mean he's still playing good don't get me wrong but like he's his team's dog shit they're not gonna win like it's great for victor oladipo to get out uh, and join the miami heat who you know last year were the surprise team in the bubble to go to the finals but realistically people kind of counted them out throughout the year um they really weren't uh doing great to start the season even in the middle of the season they weren't great but here we come down the down the home stretch and they acquire victor oladipo they're starting to get some of that momentum back they're starting to get the role players into it again they put the myers leonard thing behind them so watch out for the heat they're gonna make another late season push i guarantee it if not they'll go deep into the playoffs again um jimmy butler's leadership is just phenomenal the team is still stacked from uh from top to bottom with uh excellent role players and even still with their stars with bam and jimmy and now oladipo um Dragic is still a bucket uh the team is still good they're still going to be good um so it's it's really fun to see uh a team like this acquire uh, another all-star when they needed it when the heat were both in talks to acquire blake griffin when he left the nets not sorry when he left the, the pistons for the nets and same thing with lamarcus aldridge before he joined the nets eventually uh, the Heat were one of the top three teams for both of those players, but eventually, eventually they chose the Nets. So going off of that, uh, the Heat are a winner, Rockets are losers, um, but you can tell that just from their records anyway. Um, I, I, it's not a dig. I, I'm not trying to dig at them, but like, it, it just feels kind of obvious, you know. Like this is this is very clearly a winning lose situation here. Um, that being said, you know, Houston's picking up draft picks here and there, but in terms of winning this year, they're a loser. Not in the future, because Sam Presti's the king of win in the future and not now, with however many thousand draft picks that Oklahoma City has, but I'll get to Sam Presti in a minute. Um, I'll move on to the next one. Uh, LA Clippers acquire veteran guard Rajon Rondo, uh, trading Lou Williams to Atlanta, and I think there were some draft picks involved, but straight up blue williams for rajon rondo that's that's still a loss i i i don't see the clippers as a win in this move i see them as a loss uh this is not a win for them i don't hate rondo i mean he was vital for the lakers last year especially in the bubble and in the finals more than ever um he definitely lived up to the moment but you know pat bev isn't obviously their their number one guy when it comes to their point guard you know he's he's a he's a b player if not you know a b minus um defensive tenacity but he's just not everything that you need to compete you know they were in talks for trading for uh russell westbrook before the trade deadline and i would have loved to see that uh i'd still like bradley beal to be released you know and 
and saved before Russell Westbrook does in Washington, but it it still doesn't doesn't feel like an immediate upgrade. And I feel like they gave up too much for Rondo. So I'm I'm saying the Clippers are the loser in this one. Atlanta wins. Uh, they get Lou Williams. He can go to he can go to his strip club and get all those chicken wings that he got in trouble for uh, in the bubble. So Lou Williams, absolute winner. Um, the next one, Orlando Magic had a fire sale for their team. Uh, they got rid of everyone on on the books, and they're going full rebuild mode. Which finally, finally, they decided to do that. It's been years that this whole we have Nikola Vucevic and a bunch of role players thing. It's the same narrative every single time with uh orlando and it makes me really sad because i love orlando the the team i love to root for him um but god it's just like how many times are we gonna i shouldn't say we are they gonna draft a center and then basically waste his prime and then lose him to another team this time they got ahead of the curve in my opinion with vucevic and not holding on to him and not being loyal to him and realizing that the team they have now is never going to win um traded Vucevic to the Bulls and I don't really care about the numbers anymore I think that them just moving off these players is an absolute win and and all these all these players they moved off of I feel like every single one of uh, every single one of them is the loser in the situation and the magic win in the end um regardless of the return uh Vucevic for what he is he's a walking double double 20 point walking 20 point double double walking uh the man can shoot threes he's a great center but that's what he is he's a center and it's a guard league and it's just something that it's a dinosaur he's a dinosaur in today's nba and he's done his best to try and evolve like with the three-point shot but your options at center now are athletic rebounder or stretch big there isn't a lot of room for these in between and if there is they're unicorns like Jokic, who basically is a point center he's a point five the man can dribble the man can pass the man can do everything and he's in the mvp discussion vucevic in my opinion is 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 not the same player vucevic has a lot of the old you know bruise and battle underneath to at the glass to score those tough buckets um he's a great player he will always be a great player but he will never be the best team the best player he should never be the best player on his team is what i'm trying to say he he should always be the robin to someone's batman or even like third place like he would be a great third piece so i really like him going to chicago and being bat not batman sorry being robin to um zach levine's batman zach levine's been doing everything he can to try and win games excuse me for the bulls these last couple of years and it's he's shown his progression you know he's he's a completely changed player um went from being uh you know the greatest dunker that we'd seen since vince carter to this guy is an all-around all-star like this guy can play like this guy is going to give you buckets night in and night out so i really like vucevic to the bulls i think it helps uh doesn't make him <laughs> it doesn't make him a playoff team it doesn't doesn't fix everything immediately but it kind of helps with the the lack of return on Larry Markkinen you know he had a great rookie year but he's kind of fallen off and he was one of those I don't know what it is about like these you know European centers but it's a it's a straight hit or miss you know you either get Porzingis you get uh 
heck, I guess Vucevic or uh, gosh, what's his name? What's his name? He used to play for the Kings. Um, it'll come to me later, but that that old Kings team with uh, uh, Bibby and it's like the 2000 Kings, I think, something like that. Um, but it's either hit or miss with these guys. Like they're either going to be complete game changers or they're just going to be solid or they're going to be nothing. Um, in terms of like solid, you've got, you know, Nurkic, you've got, uh, Valanchunas, you know, these guys that are going to give you like a 10 and 10 every night and still be a rim protector. I think that's the market for, uh, marketing now. I don't think, I, I think his time of, you know, possibly being on that next step up like a Vucevic uh, is is kind of gone, um, which like kind of sad for. But at the same time, you know, it, it's just how it goes. You know, you, you stay healthy and you succeed in the NBA or, you know, you get injured and your career takes a dive. I'd like to see him come back, you know, later in life and have kind of like a career resurgence Um or even just have like the track record of either one of the Lopez brothers, like Brooke or uh, Robin. Robin Lopez, I will give credit, has done more being the garbage man, being the the Dennis Rodman uh, of a team than anyone I've seen in recent years. My man just goes to a team, does not care if he has to play the villain, does not care if he's you know busting his ass every single second he's on the court. He's getting rebounds. He's fighting for loose balls. He's uh, He's pissing off the other team with how he plays. And I think that, you know, more people should have that energy of Robin Lopez. But I would like to see that of Larry Markinen. I would really like to see that as a as a future for him and not see someone who had such promise, you know, being drafted as high as he was, just kind of fade into the ether and not be, you know, not be known, essentially. Because I feel like he's almost there now. It's like, unless you're a Bulls fan, you really don't pay attention to Larry Markinen. Um, I, I really just, I don't, I don't really know how else to say it. Um, I guess like a best situation for him was kind of like, uh, uh, Sabonis for, uh, the, uh, gosh, the Pacers, uh, just a, just a great stretch four, but it's the same thing. You know, Sabonis should never be the, the best player on his team. He should always be number two or three. Um, it's the same situation. So look for the Pacers to do something with Sabonis here in the future. You know, they'll, they'll fill the stands like the Magic did. They'll sell tickets for a little bit. But once once it, you know, kind of gets to like three or four years of this is this is it, we're kind of hard stuck in the first round, they might push off him and they might go for another rebuild, you know. So watch out for that. Uh, another one that caught up in the fire sale was Evan Fournier. Uh, just a bucket of a guard. You know, he just he could shoot he until he went to boston at least he, he went to boston and in his debut he was like over 13 didn't make a single shot it was rough rough start for evan fournier but i love the move you know boston just continues to grab more and more guards uh, even though they're already backed up at guard you know they keep adding veteran talent they keep adding these guys that can shoot um the gordon hayward experiment kind of failed but that was kind of just like with the injury and everything but there's one basketball and the more that you know the Celtics buy into this positionless basketball and having five guards on the on the floor the majority of the time and having like a four essentially at the five position like Tice or even when they had Aaron Baines you know I I don't like it I haven't liked it from the beginning uh 
in my opinion, still the best Celtics team that I've seen in recent years was the one that was led by Isaiah Thomas. And the King of the Fourth was the was the whole uh, story behind the Celtics. And don't get me wrong, Jason Tatum is an all-star. He's nuts. Uh, Jalen Brown, also an all-star. Great player. Marcus Smart, great defender. Great six-man. Uh, but, like... <sighs> You get past like the first six, you get past your starting five and maybe six and seven, and you know no one on this roster. Like, unless you're a devoted Celtics fan, it's kind of like looking at the Nets after the Stars. It's like, who? What? And that's, that's not to take anything away from them. You know, these guys bust their ass every single day, but the, the depth of talent for the Celtics is not what it needs to be for them to be considered a finals team every single year. You know, I feel like they're hard stuck at like a second round exit at this point. I don't know what the deal is. I don't really like their whole team setup and their whole chemistry with Tatum should be the first option. Absolutely. Jalen Brown, second option. Sure. I get that. Kemba Walker. What the fuck happened, man? You, you were cardiac Kemba and now at the Celtics, it's like, holy shit. This isn't even the same guy. I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm watching the same guy. It sucks. I i hate to say it but they could benefit like having an al horford or even like um oh what's his name uh tobias harris for the 76ers he should never be a number one either but he flourishes in the third position when he's your third option my guy is a bucket um jalen brown should probably be in that third position i don't think that he should be the second option for the celtics um to me it feels like kemba has to be one for them for him to be good uh even though the clear number one should be jason uh jason tatum every single time down the floor uh kemba needs that that much you know not necessarily ball time but like he needs to have that kind of structure i feel like um you know they get caught up a lot when they play with you know everybody just shooting the three-pointer um kemba's great at driving he had a great mid-range jumper like i don't I just don't get it. Is he that washed at this point? I just don't think the system is a great fit for him. I really liked the move in the offseason, but it is a struggle to watch. It is tough to watch and stomach uh, an entire Celtics game. I just I just don't enjoy him. I don't enjoy watching them whatsoever. And Evan Fournier adds to that depth. You know, he gives them that bench presence that they need. And I hope to God that he can figure out how to shoot a basketball again because damn, son that was horrendous that was terrible you've been an all-star before like the fuck are you doing a man has been in the three-point contest and shot that fucking bad i i don't know if it's the jet lag or what but it's not the time zone because it's the same time zone my friend you're still on the east coast um i still like i still like the move i hope it pans out uh and lastly to wrap up the orlando magic's fire sale here uh aaron gordon the dunk king the blake griffin 2.0 essentially when he came out of arizona traded to denver nuggets love it absolutely love the move uh i don't think he's the guy they needed but they needed a guy and they got a guy which is fantastic um i'm so happy i'm so unbelievably happy that they traded aaron gordon aaron gordon also like vucevic is kind of like a dinosaur at this point uh not in the sense of age but the way he plays, Aaron Gordon is a stretch four. And the way that he plays stretch four is back to the basket, uh, contested shots, 
athleticism, cuts to the basket, dunks, uh, and a, and a stretch for you know essentially being a three point shooter as well. Um, he, I I don't really know how to describe Aaron Gordon other than Blake Griffin 2.0. He's not as big. He's not as strong. He's not as old either uh, as Blake, but they both had the same kind of game. They were going to go through you and go to the rim and and dunk it right over your face. Um, He's developed a better three-point shot than Blake has, but he's still, in my opinion, going to end up like third or fourth best on a team. Like never going to be able to be the number one option never should be even number two as we've seen in orlando was kind of iffy like it didn't do much to be fair the guard play in orlando didn't match the the front uh, the front court play like you had vucevic and aaron gordon in the front court and then you had evan fournier at three and then that was like it you know you had markel fultz for a little bit you had that experiment you had uh michael carter williams for a little bit that experience you had um dj augustine for years down there and he was a good fit uh but he's a better role player than than star um they just they just needed a a real like guard to take the pressure away from him and i think that would have been set you know uh they definitely missed with um the kid out of texas what's his name uh (laughs) mo bamba uh i didn't like the draft pick because they already drafted gordon and vucevic and then they drafted mo bamba it didn't make any fucking sense it's like, why the fuck do you need another massive four? Why do you, and the, Orlando gets caught up in this too. They always draft the defensive specialist or they, they buy the, into the defensive specialist. Like they gave Bismack Biombo an absurd contract when he was like borderline six man of the year or he won six man of the year with Toronto. They gave him an absolute bag. And it's like, why the hell are you buying into that? It's ancient. It's not going to get you wins. It, I understand if you need that as a team, you need someone to believe into like defensive culture, but you don't pay that much money to bring that in, or you don't draft someone that high to bring them in and do that. I just don't get it. Uh, ew. <laughs> That's not the way the game is played. The game is all offense now, and drafting defense and building defense is ancient. It's not the way to go. The Lakers had one of the best defenses in, throughout the year, but that's through like cheap acquisitions and major free agent decisions you know you bring in two borderline six man of the year and Montrez harrell and uh dennis schroeder you bring in both those guys but they play both they play both offense and defense they're not only on one side of the ball you have to have both in today's nba you have to be able to play both sides of the ball and do everything you have to be able to make a layup mid-range a three uh you have to be able to beat people one-on-one you have to be able to uh sky for rebounds you have to be able to steal the ball you have to be able to block shots you have to be able to do it all at every position and when you draft specialists at certain positions and then think later on that you can change them or you can be like oh you know he'll pick up his offensive game later that's only worked in one instance and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo and it has been a slow process from the tiny little boy that we saw win the dunk not not win was in the dunk contest that I don't think he won it that tiny little boy that packed on pounds of muscle from then to revolutionize the point forward position to be the two-time mvp and defensive player of the year that we see now the miami heat showed the same (laughs) the same flaws with doing that he built he was built around being tall being athletic 
using his handling to get through people and get to the rim. And that's it. He never worked on a shot, and he's continuing to work on a shot, but it's clear that you have a blueprint for how to beat Giannis. This guy's a two-time MVP, and he can be beat by a team of defensive-minded people who buy into a culture. Now, that may sound a little contrarian to what I said with, you know, don't build into defense. If you look at the Miami Heat, they built into shooters. They brought in Jimmy Butler, and he made everyone buy into defense. Jimmy Butler, he... He started as like a, a wing defender and he built his his offensive game over the years, but it was a different era in which you could do that. The way that Jimmy Butler was able to build his offensive game, and it's not like he couldn't play offense. When he was when he was in college, the man could still play offense. It wasn't like he was like Tony Allen and he was like nine points a game and just giving you the clamps every every time someone came up against him. Uh Jimmy Butler could always play offense. It just took him a while to transition to the N- the, sorry, the NBA at the same level that he is now. But Jimmy Butler as a person makes the people around him better. He took the second unit of the Timberwolves team and beat the first unit just because he was mad one day. Like, Jimmy Butler cannot be compared to, like, Mo Bamba or Bismack Biombo. Nowhere near in the same conversation. No, Nowhere near the same player. But... Moving Aaron Gordon, to, to bring this back to where it's all started, moving Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets helps the Nuggets get that fourth, like third and fourth guy that they need in order to maybe break through that ceiling and get to the conference finals or even the finals. Because Jamal Murray can go Super Saiyan any game, or he could just be cold. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., eh. Like, I really like his game, and he was what they needed last year in the bubble. He was that third guy for them, that bench scorer. The, he can do it all. He has a little bit of, like, like Blake Griffin's game in him, but he has a little bit more of that stretch to him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of, like, uh, like, Jeff Green, I think, is a fair comparison to him. You know, he's athletic. He can shoot the three. He can rebound. He can score on the block. He can make the mid-range jumpers, but he's just kind of like a B-tier, you know, he, you haven't seen enough to be like, okay, yeah, this guy, this guy's our number one. Until we get to that, you know, he's going to be stuck in that B kind of area. And the way that the NBA is now, it's, you know, Batman and Robin. And then, <laughs> and then you have, uh, like the Justice League behind you. You know, you got to have, you got to have like three, four, five guys now that you can de- depend on and count on with the way that the NBA went this last year where it was just, uh nothing but stars like you had two stars on every team it was fun but then the benches were loaded that was the thing you saw guys that were looked at as stars you saw them become kind of these role players for these teams you know people like rajon rondo or uh you know alu williams you know these guys that at one point were like the major stars to have on your team and kind of take a backseat role kind of like what chris bosh did when he went to miami and my and Dwayne wade when they started the whole well, i shouldn't say they started it the first player super team was created um but you gotta you gotta have these these bench players you know you can't just beat it with a bunch of dudes unless you're like the the brooklyn nets and you're literally assembling the infinity gauntlet with players you know you've got kevin durant kyrie irving james harden uh blake griffin lamarcus aldridge they were in talks to get uh boogie cousins but he ended up signing with the clippers like they're just like all right if we dump enough star power and they even have jeff green they have jeff green i was wondering where the fuck he was in the league they have him 
like that's just another piece in there but you know after that there's a major fall off in their bench because of just how tied up they are in contracts but uh <laughs> it's just shifting of the mold and the ways to win like literally if the nets don't win this year it's a bust if the nets don't win the championship it's a bust it's championship or bust season for the nets and i would put my money on them right now to win it if i was going to pick a team to win it as much as i don't want to count out lebron it is lebron and ad with the help of uh schroeder and harrell who don't match up bad uh against the literal infinity gauntlet like the monsters essentially of space jam like if this is going to be space jam lebron lebron has some guys you know like anthony davis is bugs bunny at that point like after that it's like just a bunch of looney tunes characters like you got your like more famous looney tunes characters you know you got like daffy duck you got your uh tweety bird some that contribute a little bit then you got like bill murray for like a play you know caruso's like uh elmer fudd basically not trying to make a bald joke but like uh it's just that level at that point you know everyone on the net starting five has either been at one point the best player on their team an all-star or a multiple time all-star or or even still been in the mvp conversation <laughs> james harden and durant are both mvps Kyrie, Kyrie is a is an all-star blake griffin has been an all-star lamarcus aldrich has been an all-star jeff green awesome role player like come on like like this is tough this is going to be tough for them to beat um I got off on another tangent again, but Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Love it. Good move. Good move. Still think the winner in all of this is the Orlando Magic. Um, I think all the other teams not necessarily are the losers because I feel like the Bulls win in this situation. I don't think Boston wins just because of what the hell happened with Evan Fournier. If it works out, I still think they might. it might not be a win because I feel like this whole Brad Stevens positionless basketball thing is is going to come to an end here pretty soon and i don't think uh i don't think it's going to be pretty i think it's going to be a very ugly rebuild for boston after this because it just seems like you know, how many years has it been like oh danny Ainge was gonna get this guy oh danny Ainge, you know is, is a genius in free agency <sighs> and then who'd you get you got evan fournier when you could have got ad when you could have got Blake Griffin, when you could have got LaMarcus Aldridge, when you could have got Boogie Cousins, when you could have got Victor Oladipo. Like, the Celtics were always in the hunt for every every single one of the, the free agents, but, like, I, I, I don't care at this point. <laughs> I don't care. Um, sorry, Boston. It's going to be rough. It's, it's going to be rough when this thing ends. It's not going to be a pretty uh, pretty divorce um the nuggets i think they win uh i think they also win through this they get their fourth guy and i think they can get to where they can compete on the same level as like utah um the lakers i don't really want to put the suns in that same category even though they're like destroying the western conference right now but the deandre ayton is another person that i've never bought into it's the same kind of thing that the magic got in trouble for you got a big guy that you could draft at, you know, number one, which made sense at the time because you had Devin Booker at two, you know, 
you had Eric Bledsoe. Well, you didn't have Eric Bledsoe then, but you had you had enough star power in in the front in the back court that you needed some in the front court. So it made sense then, but I still don't like the move because I just don't like the idea of taking a center number one overall. I don't like it ever. Like it's it's just not the formula to win anymore. I don't like it, and I don't encourage anyone to ever do that. Don't ever take a big guy early in the rounds. Um, unless he's unless he's a small forward that you know is going to change the game forever uh definitely look into guards rather than uh big man um moving on to the next one it was one that i really didn't i didn't really like it was basically a swap between uh kyle not sorry not kyle lowry norman powell and uh gary trent jr between the raptors and the trailblazers and I don't know why, but some of my friends just like jumped on the Trailblazers bandwagon for like half the season, and we're just like we're Trailblazers fans now. We love them. I, I I do too. You know, Dame is electric. I love Dame, and his attitude toward everything is infectious. Uh, you know that whole you know you can't guard me, Dame time, uh, just better than you, <laughs> like shoot it in your face moment. It's what I miss about you know the the early 2010s basketball with Kobe and. Uh, Tim Duncan and Dirk, you know, guys went at each other. Even Paul Pierce, I said, should say for some of it, uh, you just sized up your opponent, did a step back, or you know, you made a move to make a miss, and then you just hit a hit something right in their fucking face. It was just so disrespectful. It was so much better. Uh, and Kyrie still does some of that, and there's still some of that, but it happens on the three point line rather than the two. It happens, you know, outside the arc rather than inside the arc. Um, which I don't want to say that, you know, it's gone forever and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean as much, but, uh, you know, that's just part of it. The game evolved and, you know, Curry changed it completely and we just have to adapt to what it is. But going back to Powell and, uh, Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. was like on the rise for the Trailblazers. The man was a legit six man, uh, kind of like, uh, Thibel and, uh, maxi for the 76ers both those guys are young stars in the making like they they can get some buckets and gary Trent jr was the same way um he was already the best person off the bench for the trailblazers when he got there he was nuts he was he was playing fantastic and i don't think you know adding norman powell helps them break through the ceiling either they're stuck in in the western conference because you still have damian lillard cj mccollum and you know the splash brothers of now because clay thompson's hurt and then you have norman powell who who's a consistent six man you know he's he's definitely six man of the year material every single year but that's his ceiling like you're not gonna be like oh my god norman Drell, norman powell dropped 40 tonight and carry the team to the victory that that doesn't happen he is consistently you know there he's gonna put in his buckets he's gonna get his he's gonna get his minutes and he's gonna put in uh everything that you need but he's not gonna be able to just pop off one night like i felt like gary Trent jr had that it factor that extra factor to where it would help with that so i mean watching the the game the other night uh with the altercation between the thunder and the raptors um 
oh not the thunder sorry the laker and lakers and the raptors because it was schroeder i still get used to well he was in a blue and white uniform i thought he was still on the thunder now it's the lakers um gary Trent jr is immediate impact for the raptors like they don't miss a beat plugging him in there he's he's still the same player he's still good uh it's just fun it's just a lot of fun i think he's really going to be something in this league i don't know if he'll get past the six-man level but he's already at the six-man level i think he could be a real starter for a team um i just feel bad because a team like orlando missed out on like a, a guard like this but gary Trent jr I, I guess it's good that he went there and that he he uh he learned like through dame and cj and uh now he's learning behind kyle lowry uh so he's in the right places to be mentored and uh and learn how to be you know uh, an all-time not all-time but i shouldn't say all-time but uh a, a serious all-star back not back uh backcourt guard um sorry i'm losing my train of thought here trying to trying to get the article with everything else in it um but i i think that in retrospect uh the blazers lose the blazers lose that trade uh i think they gave up too much for basically the same player if not a better player that they had themselves i don't know why they moved off of him i really don't see the added value in norman powell versus gary Trent jr you know they feel like almost the same player to me um you know that being said you know i'm not in the nba front office i don't know anything more than these guys but i just go off what i see and i i feel like what i the eye test of both of these players is you know what norman powell is you know what you have there you know where his ceiling is you don't know where gary Trent jr's is i i was just really disappointed in the move um moving on uh Andre Drummond getting a buyout, going to the Lakers. Lakers absolutely win that. Andre Drummond wins that. Um, happy for him. He can ring chase. He's going to be good. He got injured immediately, though. But when he comes back, he'll start. He's still one of the best rebounders in the NBA and one of the best rebounders I've seen in my lifetime. The dude clears the boards, and he's just going to be great for him in that aspect. He's going to be a rim protector with AD as well. AD is good because he can shoot. So it'll help stretch the floor, but they're going to get caught in the same kind of JaVale McGee situation, Dwight Howard situation, where there's limitations on offense. And that's okay. You know, they, they obviously made it work last year with Howard and McGee, but it doesn't give you all the best uh, tools to win every single time. Um, it's a great move good for them added depth uh help the help be a rim protector against uh the nets eventually um gonna help defending uh Jokic and um i guess ayton i mean i really don't think ayton's that big a deal but definitely gonna help when they when they play the the nuggets i assume that that's what they're gearing up for in the uh, conference finals is you know kind of looking ahead like if we play the Nuggets, we don't really have an answer for Jokic other than AD. And if we do, then Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon are going to eat us alive. I think by signing uh, Andre Drummond, they kind of kind of help slow that down. Like Montrez is good for that, but you know AD can't play. Okay, so if it would stack up, it would be like Jamal Murray against uh, Caruso or. Um, 
uh, Caldwell Pope. Murray wins. Murray wins that every single time. Then it would be Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. or um, I can't remember their other three that they have uh, against LeBron. Okay, you win because you have LeBron, but they're still going to get buckets on LeBron. Um, then you move on to the four spot, and it's AD versus either one of the guys I just mentioned and Jokic. So it's three on one essentially there because AD can't be in the whole game. Like he's been out injured. There's no way he's going to be able to be in the whole game. So he takes away one of them or Montrez is in the game. He can, he can take care of both Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon more effectively than Porter Jr. because he's faster and he can play stretch a little bit better. Um, essentially the Nuggets win that matchup because they have two guys to the Lakers one. Uh, because AD, if they're on the floor, AD is going to have to guard Jokic in every scenario uh, that Jokic is on the floor. No one else is going to be able to guard him. Um, so, bringing in Andre Drummond, you have someone that can guard Jokic, then AD gets the advantage over either one of those other two guys in Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon. AD has the advantage immediately. You have the mismatch. You know where to take the ball. And then if Jokic helps off of that, you just do what you did last year and you lob it to Dwight Howard or... Um, JaVale McGee and you have an immediate bucket down low so it, it immediately puts the advantage back on your team and back with you um, not to mention you know LeBron will always find the open guy they just need more shooting so you bring in Schroeder, Schroeder and if Murray takes him away then you have AD on the stretch which at that point AD is so tall that Porter Jr. and uh, uh, Gordon can't really affect his shot when he kicks to him in the corner and if you make Jokic come away from the basket, then you dump it down underneath the Drummond. Like it gives them that third element again. It gives them, it gets them back to where they were last year. Um, and I don't want to include Danny Green as like a shooter for the Lakers because goddamn, he was fucking terrible. Brick City, Danny Green, like was not at all what you would expect out of the guy who completely torched the Heat in the finals when he was on the Spurs. Like. Like, he set three-point records and was just brick-fucking-city, and the Lakers won the championship, but that's that's just kind of the breakdown of that. I think they were... <laughs> I think they were just looking ahead to something like that. So, I think, uh, I think the Lakers are winners in that scenario. I think Andre Drummond's a winner in that. Loser is the Nets for not adding another fucking piece in there for not continuing to build the Monstars. So damn it, Nets, you missed a, a perfect opportunity to continue to dominate the league. <laughs> uh, but that pretty much like rounds it down. Like there's a bunch of like little additions here. Like the Lakers just added uh, Ben McLemore. Ooh, like he was never, Never lived up to anything. I, for for the most part, KU prospects the last couple of years have been really, really hit or miss. Like, Devontae Graham's ability to shoot the three and become an offensive threat for Charlotte last year was absurd. Like, the dude was insane last year. But if you look back at, like, Andrew Wiggins, you know, the hype around Andrew Wiggins, he was supposed to be LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Like, this guy's supposed to be insane. And he can barely hold a role right now. And then you had... Uh, I don't want to include him because he, he never felt like anything more than a college player. But like Frank Mason III, uh, he can barely get on an NBA roster. But he was short. 
he was still the best player in college basketball. He was insane. Don't get me wrong. I still love Frank Mason, but was never going to be an NBA body. Um, but he wasn't taken that high. So the next one that was taken like that high, uh, Josh Jackson, I think was his name. Josh Jackson. Uh, played for the Suns for a little bit. I saw somewhere that he had a, he had a good game. I think he either plays for the Wizards or the Pistons. He plays for the Pistons, actually. That's where he plays now. Uh which is good because that way, you know, he can kind of build that repertoire and build his game to be the number one option. So he might be able to turn around, but he is nowhere near what people expected coming out of KU. Uh, just just very obviously not worthy of that, you know, high draft pick. You know, Thomas Robinson was another one. I think he was taken number two overall by Charlotte. Uh, the year KU got beat in... Uh, the championship game against Kentucky with Anthony Davis. I don't even know if he's in the league, honestly, to tell you anymore, but he was never anywhere near what a number overall two pick would be worth. Uh, like, you're supposed to be an immediate all-star. You're supposed to be a game changer, and he was neither of those things. Um, so, I drafting out of KU just kind of seems so iffy now. Like, like, who's really the best person to come out of KU in recent years? Joel Embiid? And he didn't play for three years just because of that foot injury and knee injury and being injured the entire time. But, you know, this year he had the conversation. He was in the conversation and at one point leading for MVP odds. So I guess Joel Embiid's the biggest, you know, go-to for that. But for, for it being a powerhouse school and it being, you know, a one and done, a blue blood school, you know, supposed to be good every year, supposed to be a threat to win the national championship and bring out NBA guys. They really don't, they really don't do very well at that. Which, to be fair, like the best KU players to come out of KU and go into the league, you had what? Wilt, Paul Pierce, just in recent memory, you know, I, everyone I just listed. Joel Embiid, probably the best one in recent memory, but. You know, Kirk Heinrich was there. Uh, you had Mr. Thunder there, um, Nick Collison. But, like, you're not getting Kevin Durant there. You're not getting LeBron James there. I know I know. LeBron came from fucking high school. I know. I know. But look, Kevin Durant didn't go there. Steph Curry didn't go there. Uh, James Harden didn't go there. Like, at this point, it feels like you don't have to pick the school to be that good of a player to be this next you know all-star player i mean look at damian lillard wasn't it like wofford state or something like that come on <laughs> i mean i know zion went to duke and zion's the biggest you know push to to be the next lebron james the next game-changing guy in recent memory since like you know jabari parker and andrew wiggins but zion had the real hype around him zion from high school to college to even you know when he first stepped onto an nba court has always been looked at like this guy's gonna fucking change everything and i don't really believe it if i'm being honest uh zion is shooting at an absurd shooting percentage probably not probably i saw a graph that said it's either top three or the best currently like all times like 68 percent like shooting ridiculous numbers uh in the nba but his game is so blake griffin-esque and like 
Giannis-esque and so very focused on catching a lob or, you know, dunking or, you know, making a play at the rim. The jumping is always involved in everything Zion does. And he got a knee injury, you know, he had like a little meniscus injury. But the explosiveness isn't the same of what we saw in high school. Now look at Zion and look at what he looked like in high school. The man has put on some weight and the knees are going to feel that weight. So, you know, if he can, if he can kind of slim back down to his high school frame or even just a little bit, you know, slim back down uh, and start to add that jump shot and that, that three point shot, which he didn't shoot terrible three pointers. His form is God awful, but he doesn't shoot terribly percentage wise. Uh, then I could see, you know, the the next whatever you know the chosen one kind of feel but until then i don't feel it i i don't feel it anymore with zion if anything john morant's got me more than anything else you know i'm I'm hype i'm hopping on that hype train i'm i'm hopping off the zion train um he'll be an all-star and you know i think a lot of people were right when they compared him to charles barkley because that's what it kind of feels like right now with it with him and his game you know just a a barkley-esque player and that's nothing against chuck you know Chuck was one of the best players of all time, but I, to me, when you have to be considered as the greatest basketball player of all time and you're held to that standard, one of two things. First of all, it's impossible to live up to, and then two, you, you'll know. You, you know when someone is meant to be that level of player. When you watched LeBron James in Cleveland, you knew that, like, holy shit, this guy, this guy's coming, like... If he can, he, he puts down a shot, like a like a three point shot. This guy, this guy's got it all. Like he could really do some fucking damage, and he did, you know. And I I will agree that you know, the the early ring chasing his career hinders and helps the legacy. You know, it helps him get that that number. But if I'm being honest, I want no part of Miami LeBron James. Uh, I want no part of that. That man was a murderer. That man was a killer. Uh terrified me anytime a team i liked was playing against the heat because he was going to torment them and he was going to beat the shit out of them uh you know you had the lebron stopper and Kawhi leonard but that team when lebron was in miami was so scary from the sense like like when they destroyed jeff teague in boston when they just kind of toyed with him and threw the ball up and lebron dunked on him it just felt like bullying like that team just felt like they bullied people and that they were like they had a vendetta against the league you know they, they played angry they played i don't i don't know how else to put it i don't feel that with the pelicans to me the pelicans with zion right now very reminiscent of lebron's very early cleveland days but you know not to harp on him, but Brandon Ingram's in that same conversation. Brandon Ingram, from the moment he got to the league and when he was at Duke, his comparison was Kevin Durant. And up until last year, we saw nothing that felt like Kevin Durant. I mean, sure, he looked like him, but he didn't play like him. He didn't feel like him. He didn't He didn't have the same balance and athleticism and, uh, and ability to shoot and dribble and pass all that he had, but he's another one that you know i'm kind of off the hype train with and i'm jumping right on the lamello ball train like 
I know that the media does this every year that we find a darling and that we put someone in the spotlight and they they can't do any wrong. Last year it was Zion, even though Ja was having a fantastic year. But Lamelo is that hype train this year, you know, and and even Anthony Edwards being drafted number one overall. This guy, this guy looks fucking serious too. Like, like you you bring in these guys and they have this immediate impact, and you're like, okay, here we go. You know, these are guys that are going to make a difference for their team. Anthony F. Edwards feels like a number one pick. Uh, I couldn't tell you who in second. <laughs> like Charlotte with the La- Lamelo Ball feels like a high draft pick. Like. Those are the absolute hit. Actually, let me look it up while I while I talk about it, uh, because it's important to to make this point here. Because we had, I mean, there are all these questions about who should go, you know, one, uh, who should go two, but Anthony Edwards feels real. Uh, like that is a number one draft pick. This is a guy who should change a franchise. Uh, the Warriors number two with James Weissman. He's gonna be good? Question mark. Like he he can play, but I think he's gonna get caught up in that same kind of like B tier center, like an Andrew Bogut. Like uh. Like who's, a, who's another good one? I don't want to say Bismack Biombo because he's not the same player at all. JaVale McGee. Um, I don't want to say Willie Cauley-Stein because he was more like a C-tier player. Uh, but James Weissman has the same kind of feel to me as like Dwight Howard playing now. Clint Capella would be a good comparison. I feel a lot of Clint Capella with James Weissman. Um but he's what the Warriors needed. They needed a center, and they need someone to rebound the ball and throw it back out to the Splash Bros and let them do their thing. So next year when Clay's healthy, if he's what he was before, James Weissman's going to look like a, a, you know, a mastermind pick. I, I make that pick too if I'm the Warriors and I have the current situation. I think everyone's coming back healthy. Yeah, I make that pick. Uh, Hornets 3 with LaMelo Ball. Nailed it. Absolutely fucking nailed it. Fantastic. You're doing great. Um, Bulls with Patrick Williams. We don't know yet. We'll get there. Um, number four, you know, the Bulls had All-Stars. I don't want to take that away because, like, the Timberwolves have D'Angelo Russell and they have fucking Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Both were All-Stars. Like, Timberwolves are out of excuses. I don't get it for them to continue to get number one picks every year. But uh, Patrick Williams, I think he's going to take some time with the Bulls because it's the Zach Levine show. And uh, now Vujovic is there, and you have Kobe White from last year. You know, there, there's, it, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's like backed up there in Chicago, but I think he'll figure it out. I think he's going to be a role player for them. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think we're going to be like Patrick Williams is an all-star. He's going to come out of our mouth very often. Uh, so that that's where you start to lose me isaac okoro is another one for the Cavs, and he hasn't even been bad this year uh like he's he doesn't get as much coverage but he's been he's been pretty good you know on and off he plays for the Cavs, so like it's just nothing but young guys out there how dean wade gets some time on the court for all you k-state fans uh he gets to play a lot for them so the Cavs suck dick they, they are terrible just absolute dog shit so 
he's going to get plenty of minutes, and we'll see in the next year or two how well his and how quickly his uh, his game is going to progress. Uh, the Hawks drafting Okungwu, uh, Onyeka Okungwu, uh, power forward. Kind of going to be like another another kind of like Clint Capella-esque kind of guy. Um, I, I guess that's why they brought in Capella was like to help him progress and get to that. But like it's the same kind of feel as when the... Uh, well, since they got Capella, it didn't really feel like they needed anyone else. But it feels a lot like when they drafted, when the Magic drafted Mobamba. It feels a lot of like the same level. Uh, Ovi Toppin to the Knicks, magnificent. You know, they needed that. Uh, not necessarily for an immediate impact, but the depth of it. I think he works out a lot better for them uh, than other people. I really would have liked him to go to the Bulls. I feel like he may have been more effective for the Bulls. Um, or even the Cavs, but he's doing great with the Knicks, who he's learning from Julius Randle, who's having his best year of his career. Um, so it works out. It works out pretty good. Um, the surprise has been uh, Tyrese Halliburton with the Kings. Um, shifty guard. Like, the man can can do it. Can do it all. I think the Kings are another situation like the Magic where they just cannot hit on the draft picks. Now, if you told me Buddy Heald was going to be dog shit in the NBA, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, watching that man completely end people's careers at OU, Buddy Heald was absurd. Buddy Heald looked like an absolute lock. Um, but that being said, he can't really find a foothold with the Kings. You know, he's just kind of like two to three threes a game kind of guy, just a role player for him. You know, De'Aaron Fox is the second coming of uh, John Wall, it feels like, with how he plays and how fast he runs the court. And then you got Tyrese Halliburton, who can come in, be their sixth man, or even, you know, start for him at the two guard and, and make an immediate impact. I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be not necessarily, um, I, don't, I don't know how to put this. He, he's not going to be one of the best shooting guards of this generation but he's going to be an all-star i think tyrese halliburton is going to be all-star material whether he ends up being like a victor oladipo all-star and having like a short all-star career and then you know getting struck with injuries or if he ends up being more like a like a mm, i I don't want to compare cj mccollum because uh, I see him more as like a slasher and like a, a mid-range player than I do a three-point shooter at the same volume of CJ McCollum because he can shoot the three, but I just don't see it being his only game. Um, I think he fits somewhere in there, somewhere like somewhere in between Victor Oladipo and CJ McCollum. I think he fits in there. Um, maybe like a Norman Powell, since I talked about him earlier, Norman Powell would be a good fit, but I think better than Norman Powell, you know? same kind of player but but better um it'll it'll come to me the more i think about it but um and then the only other one i've ever seen uh much of cole anthony by the magic i think they hit with cole anthony i think he's what they needed um i don't think he's going to be anything like you know carmelo anthony but uh cole anthony was definitely what they needed you know the forward who can score and do it all well he's, he's more of a two two to three so you know shooting guard to forward they can do it all i uh, i think they hit with him i think that you know 
we won't be saying things on the same caliber of like Anthony Edwards, but I think he's going to be somewhere along the lines of like a, oh, maybe like Harrison Barnes, you know, for people that understand that, just kind of like a solid three. Um, trying to think of a better, like modern example of who to compare him to. Maybe down the uh, down the line, kind of like uh, Tobias Harris, um, you know, as he gets a little bit older. But since he has so much explosiveness as young, and I feel like he uh, who he is now, he has a lot. He has a lot of different avenues he can go. I really think that he could be something for the Magic, and uh, I'm excited to see what the, the future holds for him. Um, didn't really mean to go off on a tangent of the whole, you know, 2021 hit or miss on the draft picks but you know it kind of kind of just popped in there while i got to talking about um you know bus in in recent years but uh i think uh i think i've covered most of what i wanted to cover today i think i'm gonna i'm gonna call it here and uh hope you all have a great day thanks for listening uh until then until the next time i should say uh you know have a good life but but i gotta go Uh, i'll catch you later uh have a good one